Hello and welcome back for the second episode of the ERMBA show. We will be taking new name inquiries, so if you're listening and you're upset with the creativity of our name, it's okay. Feel free to send us anything. We will consider the new name. So hope you enjoyed last week's Nets episode. If you're a loyal fan and back for part two, we appreciate it. If not, and you're just here for this week's episode, we hope you enjoy. We'll be talking about the Mavs. I'm really excited to talk about them as it's my team this week. Last week, we got to talk about Ezra's, and now it's on to the Dallas Mavericks and many more teams to come. So if you're listening and you want to talk about your team, hit us up. We'll consider um, having you on as a guest. So with that, we'll sort of change it up a little bit. So I get the chance to talk about my team and Ezra can can ask me the questions this week. So I'll pass it off to him. How are you doing this week, Ezra? I'm doing well. Uh, I had a great time talking about my Nets last week. I'm excited to get going, move forward on the podcast, talk about new teams. I'm excited to talk to you about your favorite teams, who you, your opinions are. Um, the Mavs obviously had a really exciting season, so I'm excited to get going and start talking about it. So. Uh, the season was pretty exciting. Luca had an unreal season. Uh, clearly, you know, I mean, he was a first team All NBA. Uh, averaged twenty nine nine nine. Electric player. I'm, honestly, my favorite player in the league. Not on the Nets. He's so exciting to watch. Electric player. He's still growing and improving. And I think there's so much room for improvement. What do you think? What do you see out of the Mavs this season, especially with Luca? I think. Like I we I, we might have mentioned this last week. You go as far as your best player, and the Mavs definitely went as far as Luca was able to take them. I mean, just with the recency bias, like in the playoffs, Luca had to put up thirty point triple doubles just for us to have a chance to even win two games against the Clippers, and we did it, which was crazy. Um, and other than that, I mean, all Mavs fans have been talking about this, and if they're not, they should be thinking about it. How we were blessed by the basketball gods to have Dirk for 21 years, have him play with Luca for one year, and then three years later, we're already back in the playoffs talking about the next 10 years, how many championships we could win. So that's, you know, we're not in the doghouse or we're not all the way just repeating in the lottery over and over again. So definitely been blessed with that. Um, just looking forward, we'll have to think about. Um, injuries because that sort of plagued us a little bit this year. Luca sat out, it was like 10 to 15 games. KP didn't really play back to backs. So that's something that hindered us. And still we finished seventh in the West and only like two games out of fifth, which is crazy. A um, lot of good moments. First playoff, first playoff appearance since 1990 without Dirk. That's crazy. Um, and then other than that, Luca had the second highest usage rate in the NBA, and we saw that kind of impact some clutch issues, whether that be him being tired or just teams knew what we were going to do. So we'll have to work on a little bit more predictability. But we had a lot of good moments. Um, Luca hit a step back over LeBron in the Staples Center to beat the Lakers, mm -hmm. which was really great. Um, him and Kobe had a nice moment on national TV where Kobe – is trash talking Luca in Slovenian um, on the 
on in in the first row and lucas turns around and is like who who's trash talking me in my foreign language in america like small country not that many people speak this language and it was kobe um so just like another small kobe tidbit and then we had the i think it was a 40 point triple double in mexico city and luca spent most of his young life in spain so him interacting with those fans in Spanish was a really big highlight. Seeing the difference between him speaking Spanish and Blake Griffin speaking Spanish was a big uh, Twitter highlight of the season, I should say. But yeah, anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Mavs definitely overachieved from what I expected of them earlier in the season. And Luca was ex- so exciting. I think, as you mentioned, they, I mean, they did have the best offense in the league ever statistically and ever and it's it was so fun to watch their three-point shooting was they have shooters surrounding Luca. he gets the rim gets in the middle of the paint so well and distributes the ball um i think his shot selection can get a little better especially in crunch time he does tend to take those step back threes that could be a result of his high usage rate teams know that he's going to do he can't really get in the lane and dish it out because he wants to be the one taking those shots so down the stretch, I think, and in general, I think his shot selection is going to get better, and he is going to get better, as if you can even imagine that. And I think the Mavs are so exciting. The season was great to watch them, and they're going to be unreal going forward. Um, we talked about Luca. I think, obviously, we agree that he was the best player on the team this year. Um, we talked about his 40-point triple-double. Uh, he had he led the league in triple-doubles this year. In triple-doubles, I mean. He did everything. Fourth in MVP voting, was a nominee for most improved player, which he doesn't fit the mold for the award because you think of it as someone who like didn't do anything last year and he won rookie of the year last year. But his improvement was plus eight points was yeah. just as much as all the other candidates. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah. On the flip side, who do you think was the biggest disappointment for the Nas this year? Honestly, I think that it was Justin Jackson only because almost everyone had good moments. Cause when you play with players like Luca and KP, they attract so much attention. If your your role is just to shoot threes and play some D like you're going to look okay. But Justin Jackson was a three and D player who was an average three point shooter and had no defense. So like what he was tasked with doing was he wasn't really great at. And then if you were six, eight, like, would you be missing one layup per game like wide open layups like probably not i miss layups all the time but i'm not in the nba it's like you're getting paid and you can't make the easiest shot just really frustrating and his best thing is like one in every five of his floaters you think wow he has the best floater in the nba but other than that like he's not making that much he's expendable it was just every time he came on the court you were like oh no like this is just gonna be a frustrating sequence yeah i agree yeah i mean i think he shot 29 percent from three Oh, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, for a 3D guy, like you said, you got to be making more shots than that. Yeah. Be playing better defense and make more of an impact when he's on the court. So, yeah, that's that was definitely a disappointment. You, you have, I mean, obviously KP was exciting this year as well. What are your thoughts on him going forward? I think I've mentioned this when we talk about, like, not off, off the podcast about, like, the Sixers, and we talk about Embiid, and people want to say he's, like, one of the best big men ever. And I say, talk to me when he plays the second night of back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I should hold KP to the same standard. But after not playing basketball for 16 months and then 
people worrying like we've seen these tall guys never come back from these injuries. Luca was out for a stretch and the Bucks were on pace to have the longest winning streak in NBA history. And we beat them in Milwaukee with just KP putting up over 30. Um, so he showed that if in a way it could be down the road, one A, one B, even though all the attention's on Luca, but he still has some some work to do. I think that's why he could be potentially one of our more promising players because right now, he does a lot of flashy things, but he's really just like a seven foot three shooter. He's a sniper. Yeah. He, he's a shooter. And like people complain, why doesn't he post up? You, If you ever watch, you know, inside the NBA, Shaq is going off on him. Why aren't you posting up? Why aren't you posting up? And I don't know how comfortable he is down low. All he really can do is turn around and shoot over yeah. people, which is fine when he's taller than people, but people tend to rough him up. You want to see maybe... Um, in a few years, hopefully we can convince Dirk to get back in the coaching staff and teach him some of his moves just to give it a little more versatility on offense. I mean, he's already so electric, but just give him things that require, you know, a little less work and less predictability. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I've been saying, I think if he develops a post game of some sort, even if it's turnaround jumpers, being consistent with his shots, getting a rhythm when he's posting people up, he kind of, I, I mean, Teams can put a guy like Jalen Brown on him and lock him up in the post. So if he develops some sort of game down there, I think it could be like game changing, um, especially for him. I think he could such a new aspect of his game. He could be even more elite. I think he had he averaged twenty one points, ten rebounds this year. Played much better in the bubble. I think at the beginning of the year he was getting his rhythm back a little bit. Um, so we obviously saw him get better as the year went on, which is really good. For yeah, the, the more him and Luca play together, the better it'll be for everyone. And they're Luca's twenty one and he's twenty four, twenty five. Like it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we we have time. We have time. Um, obviously, you want to always win right away, but we have we do have some time. <laughs> Definitely. And we talked about some other great Mavs moments uh, over the season. What were your favorite moments throughout this year? Yeah, I mean, I think. Before the season, it was the Mavs over under for total wins was 40. Mm -hmm. And they beat that with playing 10 less games. Yeah. They were going to, they were, they beat that before the hiatus, before the Rudy Gobert COVID saga. But definitely just the Luka double bang, Mike Breen double bang, huh. step back buzzer beater was a moment where. The whole league was watching. He was already on the map, but then all of a sudden, everyone was like, is he going to be the best player ever? Is he already the best player ever? Um, and to have someone that's even in that conversation on your team that I'm older than is crazy. So that's like where just everything, it's like, I don't even know what to say. Basically, I'm trying to think of something and it's just going to turn into me saying ums because I was just in shock. Like every time you watch Luca navigate a pick and roll and you're like, well, I didn't even see that pass on TV and I can see the whole floor. And then all of a sudden someone has a wide open shot. It was crazy. Yeah. That's uh, I, I, every time I would watch him, I would be astonished by the plays he would make. It's really so impressive. I think him and it kind of his passing in court vision kind of reminds me of Jokic. Uh, Jokic obviously plays in the post, but like, they always see a guy the next pass after the help's coming. And it always leads to an open pass. I was really astonished by his playmaking skills this year, even developed from last year. So moving into the offseason, uh, how do you feel about Mavs in terms of cap space, um, what contracts they have, and how they can move forward and improve their team? The thing is right now, like 
I like what they have going. We obviously need to figure out how to get some more defense going and a little more like bench consistency, but we had such a good bench and we had such a good offense. Like the formula is there. And I'm not really sure that any role player that we sign is going to make that significant of a difference into what our next step is. Obviously, if we signed a star or a top 20 player in the league, it's a different story. But we're really just going to go with how Luka and KP improve. Obviously, if we have some better defenders, like our ceiling might be a little bit higher. But I don't know that there's anyone out there necessarily that is going to be, well, they're going to take us to the next level regardless of how much money it is. As a role player, it's going to be, well, is Luka averaging 35 next year? Is KP averaging 28 next year? Like that's what's going to be the, the biggest improvement. Um, luckily, in terms of contracts, last offseason, we finally sort of got some continuity with the roster. Basically, since 2011, we've been flipping people every year. Mm-hmm. We win the championship. We let Tyson go. Jason Terry leaves. Kid leaves. We had an OJ Mayo, Darren Collison year. We had a Darren Williams year. We had a Vince Carter year. We had all these random years of just like one and done players saving up to sign people. And then you realize that we're never going to sign anyone because just how it goes. DeAndre Jordan signed on the dotted line and then left. That's how bad it gets. So we got Dorian Finney-Smith, who was a starter, was tasked with guarding Kawhi, shot 38% from three, I believe, for three years, 12 million. Seth Curry on the mid-level exception is the highest three-point shooting percentage in the NBA. Um, And I think our best contract no matter how much money we were paying him, is Boban. Two years, seven mil, just the morale of the team gets higher. Everyone loves him, more media attention. Just everything that anyone would want in Boban. So love that. Maxi Kleber, also great contract. So I think the front office, in a way, got lucky, but also just trusted their coaching staff with these like homegrown guys, in a way. I know that's not really like a term in basketball, more of like a soccer deal. But the team has really developed these young guys well, and they set themselves up for being able to sign Luca to the Supermax, have KP on the, the max, whatever he's on right now, and then still have space to potentially go get a third guy down the road in a few years. Definitely. Yeah, I think they're in a great situation in terms of those core players that they use. They really aren't paying them that much money, and they're producing way more than, that, than they make. Yeah. Um, that's always a good thing, especially in, in a tight cap with two guys that are going to be on max within three years. You're going to have guys that are, um, they don't have to pay too much, but can produce more than they're getting paid. So that's definitely a plus. Yeah. And I think part of what you said in terms of overperforming, I think that's the uh, true magic of Luca magic. I think, I don't remember the exact stat, but Maxi Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith shot over 50% of their threes with nobody within six feet. From them that's considered wide open and that's because the defense is collapsing so much on luca i mean also just in terms of contracts that tim hardaway jr is making 18 million this year assuming he accepts his player option and he had a one of his best years um but that i don't really blame anyone for that that was supposed to be just a throw-in for kp and he was like our third leading scorer so we'll take it he actually played pretty well i was pretty surprised in the bubble um, he, had a, he had a really good bubble performance, and I didn't expect him to play that well, so that was definitely a good sight to see. Is there anybody that you think is on a really bad contract on the team that you just like really don't want think they should get rid of or if they could? 
I don't think there's anyone that's on like a super bad contract anymore now that Courtney Lee's contract expired. When you just look at the rundown of the contracts, Dwight Powell is making one of the larger contracts at like 11 million, but it's because Luca's on a rookie deal um, and these other deals are steals. So I think if it was just on the open market and we were to like make a list of how much every player deserved to make, like 10 million for Dwight Powell is fine. Yeah. It's not like, it's just like fine. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Um, before he got hurt, him and Luca had like the most efficient pick and roll in the NBA, um, like the whole year. And wow. you don't really think about Dwight Powell being like an elite big man. Yeah. So him catching those lobs, like a player like that is someone that the Mavs could use. Um, the problem is he's a little undersized, a little small, like he gets bullied, then we lose on rebounding. But that's like a whole nother story. So I, I really think like congrats to the front office for somehow not really having any god awful contracts. Yeah, definitely. I think Dwight Powell, in my opinion, is I agree, it's not a bad contract. And I feel like a lot of teams are looking for guys like that that are athletic and can be versatile and guarding different positions. So I, I wouldn't even consider that a bad contract, like you said. Um, we talked about Tim Hardaway Jr., but I mean, you got to do that if you're getting Kristaps and he's performing at a decent rate. So, sorry. Um, moving forward, uh, we talked about the Mavs being the best offense ever, having the best statistic, statistically the best offense ever. The defense wasn't quite there yet. I think they don't, I mean, their guys aren't great defenders. Um, I think that's definitely a team need moving forward. Uh, do you see any other team needs moving forward and how they could fill those, whether it's in the draft or free agency in the offseason? Yeah, so defense was definitely a problem. Um, we were, I think, second to last or last of all the bubble teams in defensive efficiency, which was not great. Yeah. Um, but another thing that, as I mentioned, we have a lot of guys on like that are trying to prove themselves in the league or on rookie contracts. And not that... Luca is plays like a veteran when you watch him, which is crazy. Um, but part of the problem in the Clippers series was like KP getting ejected. Say what you want to say about the refs and like say what you want to say about him. But Luca and KP should never have to go in there. Like there should be some other guy yeah. that goes in there and just gets ejected and it is what it is. Like I think last year in the playoffs, um, Jared Dudley got him and Embiid ejected, and that was like a huge win. Like yeah. Jared Dudley is fine. If, exactly. I mean, whatever, but Embiid screws the Sixers. So just a guy like that. I think every championship team has a guy that everyone on the outside, like other than the per own team's fan base, hates him. Yep. So like I'm sure, I don't know very much, very many Boston Celtics fans, but I'm sure that they think Marcus Smart is like the greatest human being to walk the face of the earth yep. and everyone else hates him. Yep. Like much. Pat Bev, I'm sure Clippers fans oh, love, love Pat him. Bev. Imagine. I hate him. Yeah. So like in 2011 for the Mavs, we had Deshaun Stevenson yep. who just I remember him, yeah. like was just annoying because you're Strat like, why is he good? Yeah. And he would just like be annoying to Wade and LeBron. So just like a guy like that. Um, and also a playmaker. I mean, we'll see how it goes with Jalen Brunson coming back. I think he was also a really good second round pick that we had. And he, although he's not like the most elite at anything, he does like understand how to navigate the pick and roll and can get in the lane and sort of just run an offense when Luka needs a breather. Um, and that was something that Trey Burke kind of could do, but more for himself. Just someone who's going to come off the bench like 
score a lot. Yeah. So like if we're thinking about guys around the league, not that the Mavs are going to get, but just comparisons like Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, like a long time ago, Jamal Crawford, not anymore. I know he put up 50, but he's, <laughs> wow. he's not, he's not for the maps. All right. Um, anything else? Oh, you asked me about the draft, yeah, right? You've been doing some, uh, draft analysis with the smoking Cuban. I was wondering who you think is a good fit for the maps in the draft. Yeah. So I think that first, just quick in terms of playmakers, the maps have the 18th pick. Um, I don't know if he'll be there. He probably won't. And this is like, not who I think they're going to get, but I think Kira Lewis mm-hmm. from Bama yeah, right, yeah. would be really cool if he's at 18 for a few reasons. Um, a lot of people say like he's undersized, he's small, but the Mavs still are trying to keep JJ Bray around. Mm-hmm. And I think that anyone who's really small, kind of shifty, knows how to use his body around the rim to finish and could score, like could really help Kira Lewis. Like the Mavs would be a really good scenario for him to sort of learn how to navigate that kind of offense. And I think he could be sort of that spark off the bench that I spoke about. Um, if not, it's all defense and three and D guys, just like Tim Hardaway Jr. Great three point shooter. He was asked to guard a lot of people that he had no business guarding, not his fault. Like he's a fine defender, but him on Kawhi is a massive mismatch. Him on Paul George even was not a great um, matchup. So a guy like Josh Green from Arizona would be really cool. He's long, athletic, um, I think he had almost like two steals per game. I just wrote a draft profile on him. His shot is a little funky, like it's kind of slow. So he like brings it down when he catches it all the way, like in between his legs and then brings it back up, which which is like, and then it has like a little hitch, but he shot like 37%, which is okay. Um, so that could be cool. And then all of Mavs Twitter has been all over Desmond Bain. Um, and he has a minus wingspan, but since Tyler Hero is balling on a minus wingspan, people are like okay with it. Um, but TCU guy, local, really, really good shooter. Just the more shooters around Luca, the better. That's all I have to say. And cheap guys, so that we can try and find someone else. But definitely. that's what I have to say about the draft. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, some of those guys would agree. I mean, the Nets have to pick after them, so I hope they leave. I mean, we talked about Sadiq Bay last week uh, as an example. So hopefully, I would think we're looking at some of the same guys for our teams in that position. Um, last, to fill out the roster, I don't see the Mavs really making any big trades this offseason. Um, if they did, who would they be going after and why? Um, we talked about some needs. Um, like I said, I don't think they're going to make any big-time trades this offseason. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make any big-time trades either. Um, there's been some rumors that they might try to get rid of um, DeLon, right? He short, sort of fell out of the rotation towards the end mm-hmm. and he's making around nine mil and his brother, um, Darrell, right? Remember him? Yep. He likes would tweet sometimes after games, like give my bro some minutes, like just <laughs> shouting out Carlisle. And it was just weird. So there's like a chance that they flip him, and that would create a little bit of space. So maybe um, I've seen for some reason, people really want them to trade for Frank Nidikina. I don't know if I butchered that name, but they love wow. they, people just want them to keep trading with the Nets, and that's just like hard nosed defense Knicks, type deal. But Knicks. I don't. Um, did I say Nets? Yeah. I meant Nick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's really going to happen. Um, sort of a dream trade or a dream guy that I've wanted for a little while is Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. I think he's sort of that crazy guy. Yeah, people that don't could like him, but... that could be really cool. But 
probably also not going to happen. I don't. I mean, maybe since Cam Johnson started playing really well in the bubble, they want to give him more burn, and so they might be willing, but probably not. Um, and then in terms of free agents, would love to have a re uh, to reunite with Jay Crowder. We drafted him second round mm-hmm. or first round, late first round. I don't remember. And then we flipped him in that Rondo deal, um, and he's he could be that three and D guy that we're looking for. Um, eventually, I'm sure Drogic will find his way to the Mavs just to play with Luca. Awesome. Not sure that that'll happen this year. Um, then just guys on the lower end of things in free agency, Justin Holiday could be cool mm-hmm. from Indiana. I don't know yeah. how much he's going to get, but he was a really good shooter and long, Ooh. not like the greatest defender, but he could hold his own, just be like a good bench guy, better, essentially a much better version of Justin Jackson is what I'm looking for. Um, and then I liked what I saw from PJ Dozier on the Nuggets. Um, we dra- we had him also on Summer League and then cut him. So I don't know if that's something we could look at. But I don't even know what my dream roster improvement is. Just keep Luca and KP healthy. And whoever else we have, like we're going to go with their improvements, honestly. So Definitely. just hit your shots, play D. <laughs> agree, agree. I mean, dream, I, you always hear those Giannis rumors, like going to the Heat, Mavs named – Mavs have been thrown in that mix, but really, I mean, obviously not this all season, but moving forward could be something to look at. It might be almost impossible financially, but um, some if they were to get a third star in the future, they could be the best team in the league, without a doubt. Yeah, I think that one thing I just want to bring up is it's crazy how LeBron completely changed the outlook of star free agents yep. because Giannis is only 25. Yeah. He's barely been in the league. Uh, he's 25. Yeah. That's crazy. And he's barely been in the league. And at this point, LeBron had also lost in the conference finals, had also lost in the second round. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Giannis is ever going to be on the level that LeBron was. But to imagine, like, we never thought that LeBron, after like five years, was leaving Cleveland. Yeah. And so I think that we still have some time. I think Giannis is going to stay until like it gets really bad. Like if he just can't win in the this awful East yeah, in like two problem. years, yeah. then it's going to be a problem. But I think for now, like we should just slow down on the um, Giannis Not is going to sure, leave, yeah. and maybe I'm just a homer because I want Milwaukee to sort of have something like the Mavs had with Dirk. But I also need to realize that that's like a one and one, mm-hmm. and the likelihood of that happening ever again, especially with like player empowerment and what LeBron has meant for the league, is super unlikely. But mm-hmm. You never know. 21 seasons, one team. Yeah, crazy. Um, next season, what, how do you see the starting five looking? What are your expectations? Do you think it's going to be a better season this year or than this past season? Or what What are your realistic expectations? I think we're going to probably have a very similar starting lineup to start the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably roll with Luca, Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, KP, and Powell again. Um, that could change. I think our best lineup is with KP at the five. So we'll see. That's why I kind of want like another three and D guy. So mm-hmm. I think last week when I said like my dream starting five for the Nets, I talked about him like my clutch yeah. time lineup. So like, let's say we get a guy like Jay Crowder. So I like can be Luca, Tim Hardaway, Jay Crowder, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then KP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Luca showed that he can actually be like a serviceable defender in the bubble. Like Paul George was off a lot in that series, but there were times where Paul George was trying to dance 
do some moves around him. And like Lucas stayed in front. Like he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Like you're not messing around with him. Um, and he has that dog in him. Like he he'll do anything to win. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Like I just don't know, don't see like what major piece they're gonna add. It could be anyone, like someone they draft that ends up halfway through the year starting. Like you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. I really am just riding on Luca KP. Like to think Luca's gonna improve again. Averaging basically a triple double MVP candidate, first team All NBA, and he's 21. So just he's going to get better. We'll get better. And hopefully he stays forever. Also, we'll have two statues of Europeans outside the <laughs> arena. I love that. Yeah. I think that we talked about last week, like, like you said, that dream final five minute lineup. I think the Mavs could use that like all game almost. Not like the Rockets, but they could go a little smaller. Uh, with four guys that are interchangeable on defense and then, like, KP guarding big. Uh, hopefully he can bulk up a little more. I mean, there are always those pictures of him lifting. <laughs> like, he can seriously put on some weight. I think he'd be a really good defender, especially with his length and height. Um, I think they can use that lineup as, like, their, main, as their starting lineup and most, like, as their finishing lineup. Like we yeah, about. those pictures are so funny. I think, like, before the bubble, you saw those pictures of Zion. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's in so much shape. After five games, they're like, he's too fat. Yeah. He needs to lose weight. Or just the videos of draft prospects shooting around in the gym. That's crazy. Like, I could probably hit 10 free throws in a row and look <laughs> half decent. Like, yeah. I think there's the famous one is, um, do you remember Yijin Lian? Yes, Yijiamian. Yeah, so there's the pre-draft content of, content of him. All it was was him working out against a chair. And it's so funny. Like, I think he was taken in the first round, and yeah. teams were like, you really trusted a chair on defense. So that was really interesting. Yeah, that's funny. Um, For next season, how do you see the season playing out? What, what's the best-case scenario? What's the worst-case and your realistic expectations? So honestly, I think best case scenario is probably conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe making some noise in a super tough Western conference. I think no matter what, we're making the playoffs. Um, even if it's in a lower seed, I think we're making it. I don't think that we're regressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think worst case, so as I said, worst case is low seed in the playoffs just because the West is going to be so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warriors are coming back, so... Most likely one team that was in the playoffs this year isn't going to make it. The Blazers are going to potentially, hopefully, be healthy all year. Mm-hmm. So they might be better than an eight seed. I think we've talked about in the past that they weren't a conventional eight seed. Mm-hmm. So realistically, um, I think hopefully, my realistic hope is that we at least win one series um, and then play a hard-nosed second series and see where we go from there. I mean, you saw... The Nuggets weren't supposed to win their second series, and they did. So you really never know. Definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. They best case scenario, if they made the conference finals, it'd be extremely impressive. Being a top two team in this West would be extreme accomplishment. People we were talking about yesterday. This the Nets Daily guy calling out, like tweeting about the Celtics, saying, claiming the Nets won the trade with uh, KG and Paul Pierce just because the Celtics haven't made the finals which is ridiculous, but in any sense, making the conference finals in the East is completely different than the West. Uh, The Celtics have made it three last four years in the East, and it's like almost not a non-accomplishment, but people don't really recognize that 
how difficult it is to remake the conference finals and in the west it's even more so of an accomplishment so if they didn't make the conference finals it'd be an extreme accomplishment but it will be really difficult i think there'll be a bottom two or three seed in the west this upcoming year so we'll definitely see how that plays out right and i think that the craziest thing is you never really remember who even lost in the finals or who was in the conference finals who necessarily won the mvp award like mm-hmm. lebron's probably going to win the finals and in 10 years from now we're never going to talk about the fact that he got gypped out of a few mvp votes mm-hmm. we're just going to remember wow he freaking won the finals um again Hopefully. and or like made it 10 years in a row or whatever yeah um sorry i'll knock on wood somewhere over here but <laughs> if for all the lebron fans out there um yeah definitely so uh, we talked about how they compared some other teams in the West. They have the Warriors. We have the Warriors coming back. Um, Blazers are going to be healthy, hopefully, like you said. How do you see the Mavs roster compared to the rest of the league? I think I have them around top 12. So if you were to look at their record this year, I think they would have been a top five, six seed in the East. Um, and then in the West, I think they're at least, again, a seven seed or higher. So let's say seven in the um, West six in the east that's around like 13 somewhere mm-hmm. around there and i think they're only getting better so i'll put them top 13 somewhere around there definitely i think it's even more than that or less than that also i think they're top 11 top 10 team in the league um <laughs> I, they're really good their offense is really good i think their defense improves they could be even better than that but i do think they're they have a top 10 roster in the league who is unreal uh, as we talked about you can go as far as your best team your best player can take you so i think they're top 10 in my opinion yeah you guys can't see that out there but i've been nodding my head the whole time he's been talking when i talk about my own team i try to you know talk about the lower end of the spectrum just so i don't get called a bias fan but definitely i'm all in it for the top <laughs> 10 roster definitely. um next we talked a little bit a little bit about the future they really Maz really have good contracts that um, are beneficial, no bad contracts besides Tim Hardaway Jr. What do the next five, ten years look like? Obviously, Luka is going to be even better, so much of a better player in five years. It's hard to imagine. Um, I think that's really exciting. So what are you what are you looking at for the next five, ten years? I mean, championships, if you don't win at least one in that time frame, something probably went wrong, I think. You think in I 10 mean, years from now yeah yeah 10 years from now. looking I mean, back what i think right yeah. now if i'm gonna go 10 years from now and try to connect the dots like something would have had to go horribly wrong for him to not win a championship i guess it could be not in dallas but he's gonna win one in 10 years like yeah. he's not gonna retire without one yeah i agree yeah he's that good that's pretty crazy and they the mavs do i mean he's gonna stay i think he's he loves dallas he loves the fans he loves the organization think he's staying there for the long haul um and if he does they they really do have the brightest future in the nba they have two young studs um i don't see another team that is in as good of a position as the Mavs are with their young stars yeah and i think because of that because of him and Giannis, we're gonna see another what i like to call the dirk effect mm-hmm. where the lottery is gonna be filled with some european guys that might be massive busts they could be good but they also might be massive busts so like i don't know anything about i'm gonna butcher his name 
Alexi Pokuvesky. Pokuvesky, yeah. But there's like a huge chance that his body snaps in half on an NBA yeah. court. And teams still think, oh, well, Giannis was really skinny. So, like, justifying Europeans by Giannis and Luca is going to happen just like it did with Dirk yeah. 20 years ago. So. Definitely. Definitely agree. I play, we posed this question at the end of last podcast with the Nets. I think, I mean, I liked it, so we can keep going with it. But uh, what, if you're the GM on a scale of 110, 10 being your dream job, one being there's, an, I just don't want to be here, get me out of this job. What, how do you rate? GM job of Mavs at this moment? Since it's my favorite team, I'll say 10. But I probably should have said 10 for the Nets also, but I just couldn't because <laughs> there's only one job that I'm I'm only – this is the only team I'll ever say 10 to. Um, so you have arguably what could be one of the greatest players ever on your team at the age of 21. So every team is looking for, oh, in the draft, we want to draft someone who's young. Oh, we can't really give him that much money because it's already old. He might have passed his prime. We have a young – 21 year old who's already in MVP conversations who will carry you and it's my favorite team so I feel like I just know more than the front office which is obviously not true yeah <laughs> yeah definitely I think uh I would give it a an eight or nine like you said with the Nets they the, they really have good contracts they can trade some guys so they have some expired contracts according to these off the books this year and it's it's a fun team I mean why would you not want to be you picked Luka Doncic, you're the uh, who's the manager? Uh, Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson. I mean, if you're him, you picked franchise player. I it doesn't get better than that. Like it literally doesn't. Moving forward, I think he's gonna have a great time with it. I would can't even imagine another. I mean, obviously the Nets, but another job. That's the best position you could be in. A young guy that's improving already in the MVP conversation. It doesn't get better than that. Just one quick tidbit before we wrap up. You said maybe it doesn't get better than drafting Luca. The reason why. Donnie's the GM is because he convinced the Mavs front office in 1998, like begged, like I found this guy, like please just take Dirk, that's take crazy. Dirk, that's, and that's we traded right. up to get him. So yeah, um, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me talk about my team. Um, any teams that you're thinking about for the coming weeks? Um, I would like, not that I enjoy slandering the Knicks, but I would like to talk about them in the near future. I think they have struggled the past however many years. Um, they're really in a tough spot right now with the guys they have. They have a bunch of – they kind of have an exciting future in the sense that they have guys on expiring deals. They might have some cap space. Maybe they'll get that coveted free agent that they're looking for in the future, but I, I think the Knicks would be an exciting team to talk about whether next episode or in a couple weeks. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm down for the Knicks. And then I think that after that, we should be focusing on, just like the Knicks, some of the lottery teams before we hit the draft in, what is it, November, early November? Yeah, I think it's November 18th, date they said. All right, well, anything else you want to you say to the listeners? No, thank you for listening. If you're still here, uh, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, I had a good time recording again today. And if you have any suggestions... Like we said at the beginning, for names or any other ideas that we can apply in our in our podcast, please let us know. All right. See you guys next week.